Hello and welcome to our new podcast, The Drums TV Talks. I'm media editor, John McCarthy. And I'm TV reporter, Hannah Bowler. Each week, we'll sit down with the decision makers, media owners, ad tech execs, and producers shaping the future of TV to explain the role advertising has in funding the industry and re-establishing dominance as the best screen in the house. So we're going to be explaining TV advertising in simple-ish terms without the complicated jargon. We basically want to make the TV ad sector a piece of cake to understand. So thanks for joining our TV Talks. Anna, it's the Go Compare episode and you know what that means, don't you? Go Compare! No, I can't do it. Go Compare! I'm not good with lyrics, so I am. It's the, only the tune is in my head. We can't do the jingle justice, and so we won't. But that brings us to the point of this podcast. Gio Comparo, the tenor himself. He's not been off screens for, maybe, is it 10 years? Been killed and came back again. People often found him quite irritating. And Go Compare persisted in using him because, hey, irritation is brand awareness, isn't it? It's the... Is it the Pierce Morgan factor? So yeah, that's that's true. Similar personalities. Well, go compare. Gio Campario, he is a bit of an arrogant man. But a few years back, the brand realised that people really liked the story of Wynne Evans, the, the, the real-life opera singer behind the character, and they brought him forward into the role. And he's one of the most familiar faces in TV advertising. So today I spoke to Paul Rogers, who's Director of Brand and Campaigns at Go Compare. And I was joined by his friend Garrett O'Reilly, Hearts and Signs, which is the media agency. And we got into how they've changed the sort of strategy behind GeoCompario and how they're buying in new ways. The whole podcast was originally pinned around a smart sponsorship they were doing with ITV around Family Fortunes. It was an interactive quiz where people could answer questions extending the show. And it was a, instead of Gino DeCampo, it was GeoCompario, another beloved Italian. Uh, I found it a really neat activation, a sponsorship that's doing a bit more than you'd usually see on the TV. And what initially started is a conversation about interactive ads. Just got into Go Compare's love-hate relationship with Geo. Let's get into it. Thank you for hanging around. Let's do it. How's it going, Paul? Good to finally get this interview going. There's Garrett. Hello, Garrett. How are you doing, John? It looks absolutely glorious in Glasgow. A bit much, isn't it? I was like, I need to shut the blinds. I'm burning before your very eyes. Usually I'm very angry about being on a Zoom call instead of standing in that for five minutes. Um, but this is this is a special call. I've just realised this is a real sort of all corners of the United Kingdom. We've got, it's like a bad joke of a Scottishman, an Irishman, an Englishman and a Welshman on the same call. <laughs> a real United Nations of, uh, of brains here. This is what they envisioned. Is it a coincidence that you are Welsh, as is your mascot? Is that... <laughs> okay, I wasn't... <laughs> I feel like I need to dial up my accent because mine's worn down after 20-odd years of living in London, so... Well, well let's take it back a step then. The interview is now happening. <laughs> That's a good starting point for a podcast. Um, so, when did you start, Paul? Um I'm always digging into all the TV ad spend and all that. You see it too. And it's, we're talking about all these internet startup companies finally moving to TV, you know. And I was like, that's kind of go compare. They had the jingle, a mascot, 
a TV ad and they became a thing. I'm a, a recent addition to Go Compare, so since um, May 2020, but obviously a long-time fan of Geo Comparia. Um, particularly, was great as a Welshman living in London. It was great to see a Welsh company on TV and sort of really cutting through and um, and irritating most of the nation. In truth, um, I think you'll find that Geo is really well loved in Wales and really hated in England. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? Is um, and I think it's softened. I think if you go through my tweets, maybe back to when I started at the drum. By the way, don't do that. Um, I was like, who's this Geo Compario guy? They're just blasting me with him. He's in my brain. Um, and since then, obviously, everyone knows Go Compare. And their opinions of Geo and the actor portraying him have softened. And that's no accident, is it, Paul? It is no accident. So I think just to wind back to Geo's history. So Geo was created in 2009. Um, and he was created by a uh, creative duo, Chris and Sean Wilkins, who have got a long history in creating sort of brand mascots. They were responsible for the direct line telephone, for Sheila's wheels. And I think Chris was actually involved in the Smash Monsters, uh, you know, the Martians back in the 70s and 80s. So, you know, they, they've got an amazing uh, story behind them. Um, and I think he was he was obviously developed to be a bit of an earworm to grab people's attention and really stand out. But I think over the years, what's happened is he's become like Marmite. Um, everybody who uh, lives in Wales, I think, knows Wynne Evans as a BBC Radio Wales presenter. He's quite a big uh, celebrity uh, across the bridge. Um, but in England, he's just, you know, this... Italian opera singer that sings at the most inopportune moments. So I think in 2015, he was voted the most irritating sort of, uh, or we, we, we got the accolades, the most irritating ad on TV. Um, so we've tried, certainly since I joined in 2020, we've, we've made a real concerted effort to try and humanise him, I guess, and soften uh, those sort of rough edges and, and make the country fall in love with him all over again. Because I think at the outset, everybody thought he was amazing. It's just after he's, he's sung at you for five years, um, I think it did begin to wear people down somewhat. Um, so he sings less these days. And uh, his alter ego, Mr Wynne Evans, acts as like a nice human interface, a nice counterbalance to Geo's sort of excitability. So I think it, you're right, he has softened a lot uh, quite recently and, and, you know, efforts continue to soften him even further. Oh, and we will get into them. Uh, Paul, he probably doesn't need to sing anymore because every time I see him, the song is playing. That's that's the earworm, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's the earworm, it's that instant recall. It's brilliant. Well, keep softening. It, it becomes no less forgettable. Uh, no, no less memorable, I should say. Yeah. Uh, oops, I said the opposite thing of what I meant to do. Um, and that's uh, where we come to Garrett. Um, how long have you been working on uh, this uh, case? A, a brief client, I should say. Um, I know you recently got a nice extension there. It takes us into 2024. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, we've, been, we've been working with co-comparers. Uh, since uh, 2018, so so Geo well predates our 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 relationship with those guys. 
Um, but as you say, it's it's been a really successful relationship over that over that time, and as testament to to kind of a, a extension beyond beyond uh, those the initial agreement. I think the, the the brief when we started working with Go Compare, you know, aggregators, the aggregator space is one of the most competitive markets out there in terms of advertising. You mentioned it earlier, John. It's the, it's almost like the original, you know, the blue ocean, red ocean type analogy. It's like the original red ocean that suddenly all this data on people was available. And then there was a mad rush to get in there. And it was like, you know, it's a real war of attrition. You know, it's either be eaten in that market. And the comms, that's as a business market, that's the case. But as a comms market, it's like that as well. You know, it's a, it's a really heavy, effect, uh, effective share of voice, excess share of voice type market. Um, and obviously, there's a very finite amount of, it's a mature market, it's a finite. So you're constantly fighting for the same people, uh, which makes for a really competitive comms landscape. So in geo, as Paul said, we had something that was building up really good saliency and awareness and top of mind awareness, but it had really started to, you know, the it had really started to almost work against them. The, the deer sort of being, as, as Paul said, in 2015. So our brief when we came on was really, really smart media to really punch above our weight. You know, the meerkats outspend us four or five to one. But yeah, so I, I, th- I think it's there was a, the, the first and foremost, the bedrock of the strong relationship has been just really smart media. You know, it's a really tough competitive market being materially outspent by the by the competition. How do we make inroads into that? And the the first the early relationship was very much about proving that out and and all of the all of the really smart media. But then it became more of a, a more of a, a comms challenge rather than a media challenge. And as Paul said, how do we how do we build out what we have, but not without losing all of its attributes? And there's a few experiments. As, you know, we tried to kill Geo at one stage was killed, and then you know, and 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 then there were, and then actually in a strange way, like all these things, sort of beautiful constraint. The 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 the, the pandemic hitting, and the practical considerations of how you can actually shoot an ad meant that the. The, the win we couldn't we had to shoot it in a much more creative way as I, I say we the guys had to shoot it in a much more creative way taking no credit for that at all just to be clear um but the beautiful constraint of that pushed them down a creative route that you did have win and geo you know and practically in COVID that was pretty much as much as, as the, the guys could do and then it just there was just a really neat reaction to that that looked like it was really warming up the brand and it was starting. And then it felt like, then as I said, it became more a comms brief to go, well, actually there's something in this. How do we actually make it a bit more entertaining? How do we keep the attention grabbing elements of geo and go compare, but make it a bit more likable and turn that tanker around? So that's uh, 14, 13 years in the making. We've found the balance that perhaps we're very happy with. Now all came from a limitation, a challenge, Pandemic challenge overcame. Excellent. Um, and I wonder if you can, either of you, reflect on some of the highlights of your partnership so far. Um, obviously, we're going to get into interactive quiz idents or whatever you choose to call it very soon. But um, is there anything else we should be paying attention to? Um, so my reflection on partnership with media agency is I've worked with so many media agencies over the years. And, um, you know, it, I've had some really fantastic partnerships. What I've enjoyed working about working with Hearts and Science on is we never underestimate the importance of a really good relationship. And I think you know we, as as uh, the team that that works on the account at Hearts and Science, 
and my team really click in a way that, you know, I don't think I've had before. We're just all on the same level. Um, it's a very adult relationship. I don't feel like um, the, the it doesn't feel like the normal agency relationship where sometimes you can feel a little bit strong armed into stuff. That that's uh, you know hopefully not a controversial thing to say, but you know every everybody wants to make a buck in this industry. So sometimes you you feel like um, or you, I have personally felt like some of the suggestions and some of the work I've done with previous agencies hasn't always been mutually beneficial in a way. So I think the thing that I like about Hearts is everything's on the table. It feels very open. Um, it feels very respectful. I feel like we have a voice in there um, and the, the guys at Hearts will take our feedback. They understand the cadence of the business and understand, the, you know, I, I think for any agency, for, for anybody who works in an agency that hasn't worked client side, sometimes understanding the commercial pressures that you're under as a marketing team can it can just evade the agency in a way and, and it's sort of understandable i think what i like about hearts is you can have those commercial conversations and be really honest about what is happening in the business and we are really pragmatic about how we change course at any given point when when those pressures arise and it it just feels really natural um and and good and so i like that that was the reason i wanted to extend the working relationship with hearts because i don't think you can buy that sort of relationship uh, easily um, so when you you've got it you've got to value it and and grow it well as you said earlier when you're being outspent was it five to one by what I'll call an oligarch meerkat <laughs> for legal reasons is not actually that. Yeah, the, the relationship is very important. So, so that brings us to lots of interesting executions. And I'll go to Garrett to give us a brief describer of the interactive sponsorship quiz ident, word, 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 family fortunes. Um, do better than that, please. Thank you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll try, but you, in fact, you're factually correct on it. But um, I think, uh, I think we're, I said we cottoned on to this idea about the interactive between the two, but the media challenge that I mentioned at the start still remained. It was like we had this and we could just put it out in, dis in display ads in various places, and, and we did to a certain extent. But there was always an element of how much we could, with all these things and, like, you know, the clues in the heart and science, actually the ampersand is really important in our business. It's like, how do, you, how do we pour oil on it in a mix of really good media, really good eyes, eye the science, and then... The creativity. How do we how do we dial them together? And the the thing about the pandemic. The other thing, the pandemic rose, and and it's well documented that you know the volatility in the TV market. Again, this sort of beautiful beautiful constraint, but opportunistic mindset that we had um, meant that actually sponsorship was a really good opportunity for us. There was it was a bit of a safe haven, if you like. It was a guarantee. It was you know all these things. But they quickly became gold bars, in a sense, in the market, because it's like, right, I can guarantee X many impacts and people watching it, let's just buy it. So we didn't want to go down that route either. So we approached ITV and Family Fortunes as a really good, ticked all the media boxes. But again, it was a case of we just didn't, it wasn't just a media buy, it, it was this creative platform. So then we arrived, we worked with ITV and our, on our, on our branded content, OMG branded content team at Drum. Uh, and obviously the team at Good Compare, we all worked that 
and, and Thames TV were involved as well. And we, we all sort of built out this new creative platform of, you know, the putting Geo on, if Geo on Family Fortune. So the kind of the, our survey says became an interactive game show in the audience. And that's the essence of it. So, you know, you had, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's four different, four different bespoke ads that were created and, you know, Geo's family and Wynn's family, you know, answered the questions and they'd have a bit of, you know, Gino DeCampo was in the middle of things. Um, and the top answer would always be missing. And then that would be the kind of, that would be the entry mechanic for the competition and people could win prizes and holidays and all this sort of stuff. So it was that sort of really interactive, really good fit of the two families, the backgrounds, the com, the sort of the comedy that is implicit within Geo. Uh, but then this this sort of entered, and then it pulled through into this actual sponsored audience. We took Geo and Win out on the road and and actually asked real people about it. So there was always the the strength of the idea also allowed us to extend it even further than that. It does seem like a perfect idea. Uh, not to suck up to my podcast guests. Well done. But uh, you've got Gino and Geo. You've got that sponsorship you've bought into, and you're like, right, how do we use this in a smart way? And um, maybe we should get a bit more into the interactivity there and how people engage with it. Um, now, when I was watching demos of this, uh, these items, just to remind me before the podcast, um, I think I saw four or five different versions of it on YouTube. Random people had just filmed them and put them on YouTube, which is, and to me, an indicator of success because I spend most of my life trying to find idents on YouTube and no one really films them. Um Anyway, as I said, um, how could people interact with these quizzes? You know, what's some of the metrics you could perhaps share from it? And yeah, what sort of uplift would you get from doing such an execution? So in terms of the interaction, mm -hmm. the I, I suppose from a, it, it worked on so many different levels. So the actual idents themselves, and there were eight idents that sort of bookended the hour-long programme. So all of those were about um, basically Geo uh, taking his little van around Kingston-upon-Thames, in fact, uh, and asking people very simple questions about insurance and... and uh, I think very simple, introductory, basic, but fun questions about why why insurance. So I think from a from a pure sort of intellectual point of view, from an interactivity sort of non digital interactivity point of view, what, what that did for us was make what is potentially quite a dull topic insurance. I mean, it's another most exciting topic in the world, but it, it made it fun. And I think we were trying to get people to think about insurance in a different way. I think in a lot of advertising, insurance is sort of demonised to some extent and insurers are demonised. And we, GoCompare is founded by people who have worked in the insurance industry for a long, long time. You know, it's not, it's not just a digital funnel. There's a huge amount of expertise within the organisation. And we wanted to surface that in some ways. Um, and, and often in the past, G GEO, has undermined the seriousness of the category. So we wanted to set, sort of set the balance straight without it being too, too serious. So I think what we were trying to do is to get people to think about insurance and think about it in a sort of a utility way. You know, insurance is a good thing and it covers you for all those really silly things that you don't think about. So we wanted people to have like a positive mindset towards it. So I think the eight idents helped us achieve that in some way and sort of lift insurance out of dull into actually quite interesting and fun and then 
In terms of then the uh, the the four competition pieces that we did, I guess the idea of that as well was to show that we could entertain and almost contextually talk about insurance in an entertaining way. So I think the verbatims that we had back from loads of customers uh, around the, the, the four 60-second spots was that they didn't actually realise it wasn't part of Family Fortune's game because it just felt like such an extension of it. And I think that's where, again, the, the sponsorship worked so well because it was so contextual. You know, you used the game show format to get people to think a little bit harder about um, insurance and do it in a really fun way. And the whole setup within the four pieces was that, you know, Geo and Gino and Wynn would sort of end up in some sort of mini squabble, unable to answer any of the questions. And the question would be referred back to the public. So the public then had the opportunity to come onto ITV's website and enter a competition uh, and be part of um, the selection to win one of the big prizes. And we had four prizes over the four weeks. So that worked really well. Um, we also had these mini vignettes. So we had some uh, off-screen fun with Gino. Um, we managed to capture along the way and we created vignettes for social as well that were either little mini teasers for the shows themselves or um, just little fun um, reminders that we were going to be on TV on Sunday night. And we tried to be quite commercially minded about it. Half of them drove to ITV's website, some of them drove to our website and try and sort of show people the range of products that we had as well. So we were just trying to use the audience in a, in a really sort of thoughtful way. So some of the vignettes that were more designed around insurance thoughts, we sort of pushed to our website, but then some of the more sort of generic, have a bit of fun and join us on, on Sunday night, pushed towards ITV's website. So that seemed to work really well. As I say, the response we got from the public was excellent. And, you know, we talked a little bit at the beginning about the Marmite nature of, of Geo's character. Well, over the years, we've seen the irritation factor decline, but I think on Family Fortunes itself, it was something like, um, and I'm going to get the number wrong, was it 79% of people um, weren't irritated by the sponsorship, which was just thumbs up for us. You know, it's like people really, really enjoyed it. Um, people liked the sort of, almost win is the guy that teases out some of the questions. He's the role of the consumer and he teases out some of the questions that people might have about insurance. And Geo is almost like the high fiver that says, yeah, you've made the right choice. Good for you. And I think it really sort of cemented that relationship between them um, and just, yeah, changed the nature of the relationship, I think, between the two. It was great. Excellent. And Garrett, this all sounds like quite hard work to deliver. <laughs> Why don't you tell us how hard the work was <laughs> and what sort of challenges you had to overcome in delivering it? It was... I mean, whenever you do something like this, there's always you always go into it with your eyes open, uh, knowing that it's going to be a wee bit over and above. I think the, the team at ITV at Thames TV were were brilliant. Um, and in in from a hearts perspective, the guys at Drum uh, at OMG who led led the development of it as well, um, they're experts at this. So 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 they were they were fantastic. So. Um, I think actually it was not too bad. Like the, there was the usual challenges around, you know, negotiating it and developing it. And then, as as, as Paul said, we activated a lot of the IP, so there's that there's that co that element to it as well. 
Gino was on holiday, I think, in Tuscany when we wanted to shoot. So we had to curtail this. Like, that was probably the biggest, that was probably the hardest part of everything, negotiating with Gino's, Gino's family to come back from holiday in Tuscany. But um, it was, with all these things, you go into it with your eyes open, but but you you bank on the disproportionate results, which, which we definitely had. You know, Paul talked about some of them, but we almost knew we had to overreach because we were coming from a position that Gio were on the back foot with Gio being irritated by people. We had to push it even harder to be even more entertaining to just to almost get normality, you know, to, 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 to really move the, move the dial on it. So, um, but they, the sense of humor, like almost 60% people thought it was funny and had a good sense of humor and, and, and almost like 95, 94%, something like that said they, they just liked it, you know, and, and, and it's a real turnaround story from, uh, 2015 when it was you know actually liking the ads liking an ad and you know, in this day and age with so much clutter and so much ad avoidance and what have you having an ad or creating content that people actually enjoy is is and crucially works and translates into into brand metrics and business metrics is is really you got to go in above, over and above these days really to get to that absolutely and maybe we can reflect on the wider tv advertising space um obviously these this campaign extended to the quiz a bit, made people laugh, you know, showed them a, a fan favourite in New Light, some people's fan favourites anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe it's worth reflecting, Paul, on why it's just worth going that extra mile with your TV advertising or your, your sponsorship to get that extra punch. Um, we, know, we know how competitive a market you're in, but um, just more generally perhaps, just maybe you can tell them how they should think about the sponsorships. I think, I mean, I think for me, it's funny, really, because you you have to make sure you get the right property. I think I see a lot of sponsorships on TV where there is very little synergy between the the brand and the sponsorship property. And, you know, it, it's a bit of an afterthought. And I think if if you can't tie, if, if as a consumer you can't make the tie between the brand and the sponsorship that's already a bit of a negative. So I think you have to be really careful about choosing something that really does extend and say something about your project. You, you, at the end of the day, you're trying to borrow somebody else's equity to make your, your product bigger and more loved or, or what it, whatever it is your objective is. So you have to be really careful about what you choose. I think, you know, Garrett alluded to earlier, is great value TV, Spot TV costs are rising all the time. Um, it's a great way to get a sort of guaranteed spot, you know, a prime time spot. So Sunday evening was great for us. You know, it's a family time. Everybody's watching. Um, so I think it, it's a sort of shortcut and a short circuit in, into getting quite a good um, repeat audience um, every time. But I think more so it... it, it it sort of blurs the lines between um, brand advertising and, and entertainment. And I think, you know, it, it just, for me, didn't feel like advertising. It was almost like subliminal in a way that, you know, people just enjoyed it and, and took a lot out of it and thought it was fun. And as Garrett said, you know, there's some really great response rates to it. So it doesn't feel intrusive. And so it feels like you're entertaining people. 
and you're doing a, a great job of entertaining. You know, we've got a great brand mascot who can be entertaining. So we, we, we've sort of got a bit of a head start on everyone else. And we're a fun brand. So, you know, it, it, it allowed us to amplify that in a way that spot TV advertising doesn't always allow you to do. You know, it's, it's really hard to get messages across. Anyone who's in marketing will tell you, you know, if you don't have access to 60 seconds, it's quite hard to get a really strong message across in 20 or 30 seconds. So sponsorship allows you, I think, to say a bit more about who you are and, you know, sort of make friends with consumers. And that's what I really liked about it. It felt, it felt like at the end of the run of Family Fortunes that people just were a bit sort of smiled when you mentioned Go Compare rather than, you know, just stuck their fingers in their ears or whatever. So it, it did feel like we'd really moved the dial on it. And it, it, as I say, it was a really neat way of doing that. And it was super creative as well. You know, Garrett talked about, you know, had some of the problems that we'd had, in, not problems, so the challenges in getting it live. We did it so quickly. And in, in a way, that made it even more fun because it was real city pen stuff uh, from an internal perspective. Um, but I would do it again in a flash. And please do share when you do. Um, <laughs> something anecdotally that I've been hearing, and uh, I'm not a media buyer, so I'm just an ignorant journalist, really, um, is... Uh, the sponsorships seem to be the easier way into the TV market right now with all the fragmentation, the volatility in pricing. Maybe I can sort of use an analogy. It's like setting your gas tariff before the rise or, uh, you know. And then for the first time ever, on a press release from a, I think Channel 4 the other day, the brands announced that it managed to win a sponsorship or like, secure a sponsorship and it was a very competitive space and um, like there was lots of brands vying for the same sponsorship which anecdotally I feel like that's not always the way. Uh, Garrett could you perhaps maybe shine a light on the competition in that space and why sponsorship is such a TV sponsorship I should say such a hot property right now you've touched on it a bit but it's just good to sort of go a bit deeper there. Yeah I, th- I think um just building on the, the 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 point from earlier, it's 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 the volatility that we're seeing in the pandemic and the the you know which we're behaving we're coming out of, but we're still there's still a lot of volatility in the market, but also obviously plainly wider socio and political and uh, challenges that the world is facing right now. There's a lot of volatility in the market, right? Um, and because of TV being a supply and demand dynamic pricing model. It's incredibly difficult to to to. It's imp- incredibly dif- a difficult market to navigate um, for any media buyer. Uh, so as a result, sponsorship you're sort of guaranteed, and that's that's all of that. But then you then you in 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 normal times, so to speak, there's still frag- there's still you know decrease of commercial impacts because of the rise of SVOD and 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 fragmentation. So that's even before all of the sort of outside of media industry challenges that we've got. So in sponsorship, it's really gone back to kind of, as as Paul said, you, you're buying a not a guaranteed audience at a set price and you've, pretty, you've got a pretty robust read on how many millions or the hundreds of thousands or whatever people that you're going to get. And the audience is a returning audience. So you can, so it's, it's a really about a quite, it's a, at its most basic level, it's quite a risk averse media opportunity it's a kind of i said that's why the gold bars are, are setting your tariff like they're all good analogies of, of of the advantage of it 
I said, I think just in terms of maximizing the value of sponsorship, Paul touched upon it. It's it's the thinking about it like a partnership rather than a really, really smart media buy. It is that, but the the, the disproportionate returns you get is when you think of it like a partnership. Like what, what credibility, what audience, what um, tone of voice or context can I borrow that I need for my brand as a result of buying that sponsorship? And going back to Family Fortunes, we wanted to dial up the entertainment and likability factor. And that's why ITV in more general terms, but more specifically Family Fortunes was a really good, really lighthearted, really enjoyable, you know, pretty funny, real people. All those, th- all those things were things that we wanted to, as Paul said, like insure- insurance being something that people don't really want to engage in. How do we make that entertaining? There was a really, there was a neat stretch for us in that sense as well. So I think the sponsorship market is really, really buoyant just because of the, you know, the media economics of it, but really making that, making the return on investment in that even better, it's doing it through the lens of what am I actually getting implicitly from the, from the property, from the audience, from the, from the channel. Excellent. Well, that's really helpful. Um, especially seeing as I seem to have a podcast committed to talking to people about TV sponsorships. <laughs> Glad it's buoyant. Um, uh, Paul, are you about to jump in there or can I hit you with my final question? No, I was just, just going to add, I think it's, you know, it's that contextual nature as well of what you do. If you can lean into Zeitgeist at the moment and sort of really use your sponsorship partner to deliver that sort of, you know, that feeling that it's relevant now and that you're talking about something that, you know, people people are are watching Family Fortunes are sort of more adept at absorbing that sort of message in that time. And I think, you know, for us, that was the the biggest thing, I think. It was contextually, it just felt really right and it really brought the message to life as well. In a way, as I said earlier, that sometimes you struggle to do in spot TV advertising. Interesting way to think about it. And a final question, Paul. Throughout the conversation, we've um, talked about how the public has a love-hate relationship with Geo. And um, you've been very frank in your discussion about how you've got Geo working for the brand again. But does Go Compare have a love-hate relationship with Geo? Or are you finally in a happy place with them and we'll be seeing them on screens for years to come? Yeah, I think you'd, uh, the, the, the strange thing is, is that everybody, whenever, when I join Go Compare, you know, all of my friends and family, the first question they asked is, are you going to kill him off? Um, and that's always the question that people ask you. And I think as, as a marketer, you cannot underestimate the value of a character like Gio Campario. You know, he is shorthand for Go Compare. And you'd be an absolute fool to kill him off. I think evolve him, yes. And I think that's what we've done over the last couple of years. You know, and, and that's been a team effort. You know, Chris and Sean Wilkins, who were, were involved uh, in his creation, Wynn himself, everybody's contributed to that evolution. I think everybody recognises that the character needs to evolve to keep people's interest. So, you know, Gokenberg doesn't have a love-hate relationship with, with Joe Campario. You know, it, it, we, we, want, we embrace him and we want to work with him and involve him and modernise him and take him forward. And, you know, it could be that in two years' time, he, 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 you see him in a different format. You see him in, you know, we might have evolved him again, but I certainly 
wouldn't be an advocate of throwing the baby out of the bathwater, as they say. I think, you know, he's a really valuable asset. He's part of our brand heritage. Um, you know, I, I liken it to uh, Colonel Sanders for Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, and Colonel Sanders, I think, is still a watermark for the brand, and he's still part of the brand makeup, and he's still part of the brand assets. And I think that, you know, Geo will always be part of our uh, brand makeup, um, you know, but who knows what tomorrow brings in terms of what that looks like or, you know, how, how we moving forward again. I think where we've got to at the moment, where when, I think I said earlier, is the voice of the consumer and Geo is, you know, Geo is the embodiment of Go Compare. He he wants you to make the right choice. He doesn't he doesn't advocate you getting the cheapest deal. He advocates you getting the right deal. Because you know, it shouldn't in insurance. It shouldn't be about price. It should be getting the insurance that suits you. And it might be that to do that, you have to pay a little bit more. And what we what Geo wants is that people navigate the choice that's out there and make the right choice and you know he high fives them for doing that and i think you know he he will forever be that character who wants people to succeed and 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 make the right choice for them so i think he's going to be around for a while to come that was really interesting there from the both of you um we had fun yeah no anyway finally just to thank you both for coming on um i'm sure i'll speak to both of you again soon thank you very much You've been listening to the Drums TV Talks podcast and you heard it here first. Gio Campario is here to stay. If you want to read more Future of TV content, you can check it out on thedrum.com, Future of TV, and I'm sure you do. Thanks for listening and look forward to hearing from you again. Or should I say, you hearing from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.